From Odyssey, I'm Lauren Berry, and this is the On Deadline podcast, where we take a closer look at stories from our radio newsrooms across the country. Today, On Deadline is looking at Russia under Vladimir Putin. From nukes in space and interviews with Tucker Carlson to a dead presidential candidate and an incarcerated and blindfolded ballerina, the last few weeks have been busy ones for Russia in the headlines. Let's start with that dead presidential candidate. Last week, the Russian Federal Penitentiary Service reported that Alexei Navalny, the leader of the top opposition group to President Vladimir Putin, had died in prison. Navalny, who was seen as Putin's fiercest foe, was serving a 19-year sentence after being found guilty of extremism. So, how did he die? Like many of Putin's enemies, the cause is mysterious. The department that shared his death noted only that he had felt unwell after a walk and then collapsed. Navalny was being kept in the, quote, special regime penal colony, which is the highest security level of prisons in Russia. It's located above the Arctic Circle. In the days since his death, the Russian government has denied the request to return Navalny's body to his family. As of this recording, his campaign had yet to confirm his death at all. If you're not familiar with Putin's arch-rival already, know that despite past poisonings, assassination attempts, and prison sentences, Navalny continued to speak out against Putin. To share more on the rather sinister timing of Navalny's death, Cal State Long Beach history professor and Russia expert Andrew Jenks joined Odyssey. So first of all, who was Alexei Navalny and why was he a threat to Putin? Well, Alexei Navalny became quite prominent as uh, uh, leading a team of investigations into Putin's corruption and then uh, spreading the results of those investigations on the Internet. And, um, and so as a result of that, he uh, built a political career and became an opposition figure to Putin. And then um, they constructed a series of sham charges against him and uh, threw him into jail. And so that's um, that's that, that's that's his situation. Earlier, I should point out, he was also poisoned when he was abroad. And miraculously, he recovered and he made the decision that he was going to enter politics and go back to Russia. And that's what got him uh, thrown in jail. Yeah, I mean, the President Biden would not say whether this was an assassination, but that is your take on this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, it just it's like those uh, oligarchs that end up falling out of uh, accidentally out of the sixth floor of uh, apartment buildings in Moscow. Yeah, no accident. You know, I mean, there's less than a month before an election that will give Putin another six years in power. Do you see any connection here with that election? Yeah, I think there's a connection, but there's also something sadistic about this. I, you know, there are images of Putin sort of smirking, right? And um, and I think that this is kind of for Putin a sort of cruel joke that uh, is also a message to anyone that dares to resist him. Uh, and and I'm not sure Navalny constituted any real resistance, but uh, symbolically he was a you know kind of a thorn in Putin's side. So now that he's gotten rid of him, I think Putin is happy. And you know Putin follows Stalin's dictum: uh, no person. No problem. Will Navalny's death have any impact on U.S.-Russia relations or Europe-Russia relations? No, I don't. I don't think so. It couldn't be worse, frankly. I mean, Russian, American, Russian, European relations have entered probably the worst that they've ever been, even worse than at any time I think during the Cold War. And you know, the invasion of Ukraine is, uh, you know, an unspeakable kind of tragedy, and in many respects, you know, far more horrifying than Navalny's murder. Navalny's death is strange, but it's not the first of its kind. Suffice it to say, enemies of Putin don't stick around long. 
Last summer, militia leader Yegevny Prigozhin, he had marched on Moscow and earned a reputation as an enemy of the state, was eventually pardoned. But then he died in a plane crash. With Russia nearing its presidential election, many are alleging that foul play was involved in this latest death. And fingers are again pointing to Putin. No one in Russia seems to be beyond reach of Putin or his secretive security forces. News broke this week that Russia's Federal Security Service arrested a Russian-American ballerina on treason charges. Ksenia Karolina, 32 years old, was seen on video being led into a courtroom in handcuffs with her eyes blindfolded. The Los Angeles resident was arrested for swearing outside of a movie theater in Yekaterinburg. Later, she was pinned with treason for giving just $51 to a Ukrainian charity. Yekaterinburg is also where Wall Street Journal journalist Evan Gershkovich was arrested on spying charges nearly a year ago. As for Navalny, President Joe Biden has condemned Putin over his rival's death. And now the U.S. is considering even more sanctions against Russia. To share more on what could happen between the U.S. and Russia going forward, former CBS Moscow bureau chief Beth Noble joined Odyssey. So what has she been saying about her husband? Well, Ashok, she's uh, obviously just so upset by losing her husband. And she's saying that the Russian state, that Vladimir Putin is responsible for throwing her husband in prison uh, and treating him horribly while he was in prison. Navalny was in uh, solitary confinement multiple times. He was denied medical care multiple times. And she, she wants to know what happened. She's obviously calling for Russians to continue the fight. Does she bring them some hope when it comes to carrying out Navalny's mission? Well, she is not, has not really been a very public person, um, but so far she's indicating that she will try to step into Alexei's shoes, his very big and brave shoes, if that's what is necessary to keep the opposition going. But I, I think, you know, everybody is waiting to see, you know, well, what does she do? And is she willing to go back to Russia uh, where her fate would very likely be the same as her husband. Right. I was uh, I was about to say, President Biden says he's considering more sanctions against Russia after the death of Navalny. Will that make any difference? You know, Shok, it's hard to know. Uh, America and the West, the international community, have already put so many rounds of sanctions on Putin, on his people, on Russia. Um, most of the American and international businesses that were working there have pulled out. So uh, Vladimir Putin is already essentially an international pariah. So, you know, it, it's not really clear to me that they can do anything to him that they haven't already done al already, with one exception, which is to keep funding that war uh, in Ukraine to help the Ukrainians hold off Russian aggression. And speaking of, has Putin commented publicly about Navalny? Uh, I don't think that he said anything yet. His spokesman, you know, has, has said a few things. One of the things that was so remarkable about the news on Friday is that state television didn't say a thing about Navalny. And yet everyone in Russia seemed to know what happened. The news spread on social media like wildfire. And it just goes to show how distrustful the Russian people are of the state media and how much social media has gone to help them spread real information um, amongst themselves about what's going on in the country. Then there's this. Before Russia was in the headlines for the death of presidential candidates, talk revolved around the country wanting to put nukes in space. 
Yeah, you heard that right. Nukes in space. According to a report from the New York Times, U.S. intelligence agencies are working to uncover more on the possibility of Russia launching a satellite that could put nuclear weapons into orbit around the Earth. The agencies have been keeping an eye on Russia since it launched a series of secret military satellites near the start of the Ukraine war in 2022. Now talks have moved to the possibility of weapons being mobilized. Retired U.S. Air Force Colonel Cedric Layton shared more on this possibility and on the danger nuclear weapons could pose in space. No imminent threat, but a warning that the Russians might want to put a nuke in space. The chair of the House Intel Committee says there is a national security threat here and wants the White House to declassify information so it can be shared among our allies. First of all, Colonel, why would the Russians want to put a nuclear weapon in space? I, I've heard that it would be to target our satellites. Yeah, Bridget, it's a very Orwellian type of scenario. But uh, basically what the Russians want to do, according to these reports, is have a capability that would, in essence, just destroy our satellites. Uh, one of the key things that the Russians want to get go after is our GPS system. So not only does the military benefit from GPS, but we do in our, our civilian lives every day. And uh, so that's the kind of thing that they would want to go after. Plus, of course, our communication satellites, our intelligence satellites, all of those capabilities are the ones that they want to take out. And they could do it several ways. Uh, one of them would be to hit satellites directly, but that's a more expensive approach. The other would be uh, using the electromagnetic pulse of a nuclear explosion to render the satellites useless. So that's the idea behind it. Whether or not it works, of course, is a completely different question. Yeah, one of my questions. But uh, wow, uh, potentially wiping out communication systems, not just for the military, as you say, but for us uh, civilians. Uh, is there any U.S. defense, any Star Wars kind of defense against this? Well, there are some anti-satellite capabilities that are out there or that are being developed or at least being conceived of. So uh, the answer probably in the short term is that there is nothing active right now because we don't really know what the Russians are going to deploy. However, uh, there are some possibilities that are being worked on or that are being considered. And that's definitely the kind of thing that Congress is going to be looking at, uh, you know, clearly with Representative Mike Turner, uh, you know, kind of revealing a little bit of this uh, yesterday. Uh, that's, uh, I think, uh, one of his intentions. Plus, there's a vital national security interest to uh, make sure that we can continue to communicate and continue to look at what the Russians are doing from space. Right. I, do we have any similar weaponry that might, um, I guess, provide deterrence? Uh, there is nothing that I'm aware of in the U.S. inventory that uh, that would do that. There have always been theories about uh, using nuclear weapons in space, but uh, for a while it was actually prohibited by uh, arms control treaties. Uh, space was supposed to be a weapons-free zone, and a lot of uh, testing and uh, uh, you know other considerations uh, were uh, kind of put uh, on the back burner uh, when those arms control treaties were in effect. Uh, but the fact that many of those arms control, arms control treaties have lapsed means that uh, the Russians feel free to pursue research in this area, and uh, that may mean that we will have to look at doing something similar in the near future. On the political side, Putin shared last week that he would rather see President Joe Biden stay in office than see another four years of former President Donald Trump back in the White House. 
In a set of remarks provided by the Kremlin, Putin described Biden as a, quote, old-school politician. He also said that Biden has more experience and that he's more predictable. It could have been taken as a slight towards Trump, who has famously sided with Putin many times. Or Putin's comment could also be seen as a ham-handed attempt at actually helping Trump, since it is an endorsement of Biden by a man who's basically radioactive across the world. Either way, the former president embraced it. He just said that he'd much rather have Joe Biden as president than Trump. Now that's a compliment, Trump said. No matter who Putin would like to see in the Oval Office, the elections in the U.S. and in Russia this year are poised to make a big impact on the next four years. So stay tuned to On Deadline to stay up to date with the most important news. This show is produced by Joe Heady, Christy Strauser, and Myron Kaplan. I'm Lauren Barry. Thanks for listening to On Deadline, Odyssey serving of a top news story just for you. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts to stay informed.